And welcome to Dialogue. <laughs> this is State <laughs> Senator Paul Lavoda. Paul Vincent Lavoda. I represent the 11th Senatorial District in the Missouri Senate. It's my second year. I'm proud to represent the good people of Independence, Kansas City, Sugar Creek, Buckner, Tarsney, unincorporated areas of uh, eastern Jackson County, parts of Lee Summit, parts of Raytown, and the federal enclave of Lake City. Dang. <laughs> so I'm proud to be here. And you've joined us for another dialogue program, and I'm really happy to be joined by, um, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the best independence mayor pro temp we've ever had in the history of our town, Chris Whiting. Welcome, Whoa. Chris. Yeah, it's going to take a minute for me to absorb that one. Thank you so much. Good to be here, Senator. I I am the at-large city council person who also serves as mayor pro tem and proud to represent the city of Independence. Well, and this is... The, That's the end of my the, list. Yeah. That's all I got. And the, again, dialogue is the time when we talk about what's going on in Missouri government, Missouri politics, and... Um, and all the other stuff, and I'm glad you're here. Well, we get some local to, stuff to too. talk about some of the stuff, and, mm-hmm. and joined with us um, also is Courtney Cole, the executive director of the Missouri Senate Democratic Project. Welcome, hey. Courtney. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you all? Doing good. Doing good. I feel very glad to be back with you guys because there hasn't really been enough media coverage of Missouri <laughs> uh, and, and political figures <laughs> of Missouri. We have been overlooked, it seems, doesn't it? Boy. Yeah. So it does seem like we should probably um, talk about that. You know, it's there's it, really not much going on, though. I mean, when you it, it is really it is really interesting um, watching national news and seeing colleagues and friends um, <laughs> there and feeling for what's going on. And we have news that we'll get to. And the biggest news, obviously, is what's going on in Ferguson. And I. I I don't. Ha- it's not part of what you're reading. Sure. But I thought I need to – I mean, h- how can you have a Missouri political show without talking about Ferguson? Right. right? I mean, so the latest is that uh, yesterday the uh, Attorney General Eric Holder arrived in Ferguson and uh, appears far from over the unrest. St. Louis officials convey a grand jury in the investigation of the officer shooting and killing of 18-year-old unarmed Micah Brown. Now, Holder met with uh, Captain Ron Johnson of the Highway Patrol and will meet with several Missouri leaders, including Governor Nixon, Prosecutor McCullough. Uh, Holder also directed the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate whether Brown's civil rights were violated and has ordered federal authorities to perform a third independent examination of Brown's body. So we know what's going on. That's the latest of what's going on. And it, it to me, this whole situation is um, a tragedy. Um, it is a um, symptom of a divisiveness that uh, we not only have in this country, but we clearly have within our state. Um, it is a race, racial divide. It is an economical um, disparity. Disparity. Um, we see that problem. Mm-hmm. We we see such a lack of trust in the elected officials. Um, you know, if you look at uh, Governor Nixon, he he came in late. Um, he brought in the Highway Patrol, and then he brought in the the National Guard, and then he did a curfew. Then he didn't do a curfew. 
and the trust with him, he's getting hit on both sides of of the issue. No matter no matter what he does, he's going to get hit on it, and that has a lot to do with um, the idea of building relationships, working with people over time, building the trust, and if that is not there, this is what happens. You know, I read an article yesterday that said that the real problem that we see in Ferguson is lack of leadership. Who's in charge? The The governor sends the National Guard and didn't tell the president. I don't know if you saw that news story. No, I did not didn't see that. Didn't mention to the president he was sending in the National Guard. Um, the, the mayor of Ferguson doesn't know if he's in charge or the governor's in charge. We know that Captain Ron Johnson, um, who I've had an opportunity to meet before, is doing – what he can to coordinate it, but is he in charge of the National Guard too? The kids aren't going to school there. We got to get the kids back to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't understand why we've waited so long to put the kids in school to deal with this. And then, meanwhile, we have such a divide in our country that either uh, Michael Brown was a complete innocent kid or he was a complete thug. And it is so frustrating to me to, that we can't see that the killing of an 18-year-old person is a bad thing. Whether he hit a cop or not, we're not justifying his actions. We're saying that he should have never died. And I'm not saying that the the officer is a terrible person. I don't know. There's going to be things that come up later that um, in the investigation, maybe he was attacked. I don't know. But there's... (laughs) You know what I mean? You see it on cable news. It's just one or the other. Right. And it's we can't just see that this is a bad situation and this is not just, oh, one uh, guy got shot, so we're mad about it. This is a systemic belief by this community that has only white elected representatives, <laughs> by the way, because that community doesn't want to vote. Why don't they want to vote? Because we – um, threaten voter ID. We make it difficult for folks to, to get involved in the political process. They feel disengaged. We don't be responsive to them, and then we wonder why they're not part of the system. Mm-hmm. And this is our opportunity in our state to look at each other and say, what do we need to do? You know, how, how, do we, how do we get everybody involved, either in peacefully protesting, not looting, um, serving the law, not abusing your authority, all of that stuff? And I just don't—I don't quite understand why that there was such an outrage with uh, the. Well, I don't know if there's outrage, but the Attorney General of the United States should have came in. We should take it out of the local prosecutor's office. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just let's take a, a step back and look and look at the facts and realize this is a bad situation. I don't know if you had any thoughts. You, I feel like I had to say that. I think that for, was for Sam. I guess I don't know who else was been. <laughs> Well, I think that was well put, and it just this whole situation has polarized people so much, and it's exactly what you just said. People seem to be either on far on one side or far on the other, and when that happens, you you just the only option is to yell across, yeah, because you're so far apart. There, there's no talking, there's no thoughtful discourse or discussion. We're figuring out, and it's it's tragic, and I am anxious for it to, to clear up and yeah, then I see what we learn and from I, this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't mean to add to it. I just feel like I'm a Missouri State Senator, and we'll be talking about it 
next time we're in that chamber. Sure you will. And and you, you hear the talking heads or you hear, listen to talk radio. You have white people call in and say, well, it's not about race. It's about race. <laughs> Our African-American friends are telling us it's about race. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just say, yes, it is. Let's figure this out. You know? Yeah. And then why do we have to um, justify and defend looting? You know, that we, we should justify and defend protesting, but once it's not peaceful, that's it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't just I, – I don't understand. I, I feel for my, my friends, and I call them my friends because I guess maybe, you know, when you're in that Senate chamber and you work all hours in the night and you're fighting for the same things, you become close with people whether um, they're one side of the state or not. But my friend's Maria Chappelle, who's a senator there. Uh, my friend uh, Jamila Nasheed, who's a local senator there, who's working hard. It's, t- it's a bad situation. I'm glad they're there. Um, so it, it, it's a situation that we have an opportunity that we should, as a state government, take a step back and say, um, what do? how do we make this not happen again and yes. move forward? And and I don't know on the city level if you guys think, you know, what do we do? How do we make sure that we're doing the right things? I'm sure you – you have such professional people in your staff in the city. We we have a great staff, which is good. But I've thought a lot about that, and I went out to the Ferguson City website to take a look at the makeup of their council. And as you mentioned, you know they've they're what fifty eight percent African American mm-hmm. community with one elected official who is African American. So how 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 does that happen? And mm-hmm. some of the thoughts were when they hold the elections. When there, it's when there's low voter turnout. And yeah. just, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, in independence, what can we do to make sure that people are involved, That's that right. people feel like they have a voice, mm-hmm. they feel like they're truly represented, and their their voice is heard. Even if they don't always get what they want, they feel like their voice right. is heard. And so I think we will be discussing it as a council and taking a look. It, I think you're. I think you're on to something there, that their voices are heard. I, I don't. I rarely come across a constituent that says, "Oh, you disagree with me. I'm against you now." Mm-hmm. I have a my. You're wrong, Senator. But usually, most people are appreciative when you listen to them. I have run into a bunch you of. Know what I mean? Oh my gosh! I can't believe you actually called me back. Yeah, it's so nice to have a council person return my phone call. Mm-hmm. And I've not been able to solve every problem for everybody, but right. nobody's Me been too. furious I mean, leaving the situation. There's there's a constituent who likes to forward me emails from the Tea Party News Network. Oh, that's and nice. let me know what she thinks about that stuff. And it those those are difficult situations. Hey, but then that means you don't have to go out and find that stuff yourself. Yeah, because I could dream it up myself <laughs> instead of the Tea Party News Network. Um, I, again, another niche. Um, website and group that are trying to divide people, I suppose, to bring them together. So mm-hmm. that's what, – what, any, anything to add? Um, I just agree. I think it's a, a good opportunity to look at um, those that represent us. You know, our um, – those that are elected into those positions are supposed to be reflective of the society in which they represent. And, you know, very often even we as women will, you know, make the case that we are not represented mm-hmm. in elected – enough roles um to be a voice for women so i think mm. it's a good um good conversation to well have. i sometimes i go a little crazy on the social media because i want to 
I want to tell them what I think. And one of the things I did, I don't know if anyone can relate with that, but um, what social media? <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I saw an article that, um, sorry about that, folks. That uh, busy man. That the Republicans were the Republicans were mad that they were doing voter registration in near the protesters. Why? They said it was putting race into the middle of it. And I'm just flabbergasted by that. I mean, that's how we need to educate people for real change. They go vote. And let's be let's be quite honest here. I'm a partisan, but let's be honest here. If you my guess is that everybody on that elected board of Ferguson and the majority in St. Louis County are of the Democratic Party. I would imagine okay? they are. So if the people there are not happy with the situation and we inform them there's a different way to go, why wouldn't the Republican Party want to register the votes right. of those people to have them vote for Republican? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it, it's mind-boggling to me. And um, so I, I put a, I put a little like – this is what the Republicans are doing, and I can't believe they said that. Um, I was frustrated, and then I got a, like a retweet from uh, from uh, Senator um, Senator uh, Sylvie of Clay County, and his, I don't exactly what, remember exactly, but his sentiment was: yes, they should be asking for. Um, Registered voters, we need to be the party that tries to convince them to vote a different way. You know, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that he did that. That's excellent. You know what I mean? So um, that's dialogue. That's that's the dialogue you have. You try to talk to the folks, and then they vote, and they have a real choice. Okay, I've said enough of that. You want to go to our, you want to go to our news now, or anything Heck. else I should be adding? Okay. I'm ready for the weekly news roundup. All right, let's do it then. <laughs> Now, the Weekly News Roundup, brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. I'm Chris Whiting, and this is your Weekly News Roundup. Judge rules Normandy students can still transfer. St. Louis County Circuit Judge Michael Burton on August 15th ruled that students of the Normandy Schools Collaborative retain the right to transfer to better school districts for the upcoming school year. Burton said the State Board of Education acted without legal authority when it changed the accreditation status of the Normandy schools in an attempt to bypass the state student transfer law, which allows students in unaccredited districts to transfer to neighboring accredited districts at their home district's expense. In May, the State Board dissolved the unaccredited Normandy School District and replaced it with the state-run Normandy Schools Collaborative. At first, the board declared the new Normandy district would have no accreditation status, but it later changed the district status to new accreditation as a state oversight district. The board also said districts that had accepted Normandy students during the previous school year could continue to accept those students, but didn't have to. Most chose not to. Do do you know where the Normandy school district is? Is it near Ferguson, Missouri? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, the... The changes that were trying to be made to the to the Normandy School District and and this whole transfer sh- issue um, was in a omnibus education bill um, that we worked on in the Senate. Part of my um, transfer language was part of that bill. Um, there was a, 
language added in there that would give um, private schools public money. I object to that, so I'm against that. And I was said it in the Senate. When it came back from the House, I said the same thing. Um, Senator Maria Chappelle Nadal worked very hard on that. And to her credit, trying to improve her district because she knew that there was maybe some issues with education in the area and people feeling like there's not responsiveness. Um, at the very last minute, that bill was vetoed and without a lot of input, and that has a lot to do with relationships that we see. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> and um, so this this is an important this is important ruling on what we go forward and how we try to fix the schools, as the next story is. Okay. Well, then moving on. Yeah. Auditor finds potential bias in DESE contract award. The Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education used a potentially biased process last summer when it awarded a contract to the Indianapolis-based Cities for Education Entrepreneurship Trust to develop recommendations for a possible overhaul of the Kansas City School District, according to a review of the process by the State Auditor's Office released on August 19th. The Auditor's review was prompted by allegations that Education Commissioner Chris Nicastro manipulated the bidding process to ensure the contract went to CEE Trust. Stories published by the Kansas City Star in December based on internal DESE emails regarding the process gave rise to the allegations. The auditor's review concluded that CEE Trust may have benefited from favorable treatment during the evaluation process because DESE employees involved in evaluating the bids had been working with the firm for several months before competitive proposals were solicited. The review also questioned the use of unreasonable subjective criteria in awarding the contract to CEE Trust instead of a more qualified and experienced firm that would have done the job for about one-third of the $385,000 cost charged by CEE Trust. In addition, the auditor's review said there was a potential conflict of interest since CEE Trust is affiliated with one of the private foundations that provided DESE the funding for the study. Mm -hmm. Because of the connection, the review said any findings resulting from the study may not be deemed independent and objective. CEE Trust presented its proposal to the State Board of Education in January. It recommended that the then unaccredited Kansas City School District be broken up and privatized. The district has since regained provisional accreditation and is no longer subject to a potential state takeover. Thank you, Chris. A long story. Thank you. Um, The good news is that that the Kansas City School District has regained uh, provisional accreditation and is no longer subject to the potential state takeover. Um, That's why I uh, had my bill to fix the transfer issue, but also last year about this time when this was all going down and the Kansas Star figured it out, I was one of the leading people to ask for um, the director or the commissioner and the Castro to to resign. There's no trust in DESA anymore, Mm -hmm. Uh, and now the auditor has found that the um, you know he he found exactly what. My um, complaint was in the first place, and now that trust isn't there, um, not the CEE trust, but the trust within the the DESE department, and um, I renew my thought that she needs to be gone, (laughs) (laughs) that our our commissioner, we're going the wrong way in education, we have these type of shenanigans going on, and we need someone more at the helm to um, change that. We have new... Um, board members that I um, met with and um, worked through their confirmation, they need to step up and get rid of this 
um, this leader, we need a new leader for our schools. And um, th- this just reinforces that. Yeah, is the, and I'm sorry, I don't listen when I read yeah. these things. So is the investigation ongoing? No, it was just the audit, auditor went through Just the it. auditor. Okay, so mm-hmm. there's no. Yeah. It's interesting what? that they would spend as much money as they do, considering we don't have really the money in education to just be giving it out. Right. You know? I mean, if you have a, a well, better firm that's willing to do it for less. For well, a third of but, the cost. I mean, really. That's right. A, but, that's the problem, but the problem is then they wouldn't have directed to the result that they of wanted. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. You know, that's the whole point of this. Yes, and you bring you know? it to the reality of yeah. what it is. Right. right. Wow. And finally, PSC rejects Noranda's request for lower power rate. The Missouri Public Service Commission on August 20th rejected Noranda Aluminum's request to require Ameren, Missouri to lower its electric rates. Had the PSC granted Noranda's request, it would have resulted in higher electric rates for Ameren's other Missouri customers. Noranda, which operates an aluminum smelter in New Madrid County, that a what? Smelter? Apparently no. That employs about 900 workers, is Ameren's largest customer and already pays a lower rate for power than Ameren's other customers. Noranda had sought to cut its annual power bill from about $160 million to $48 million, according to the Associated Press, and said the reduction was necessary for it to stay competitive. Ameren's 1.2 million other customers would have been subjected to a rate increase of about 2% to make up for the lost revenue. And what's important for everyone in the state to know is that all the power grids are together. Ameren's the biggest company. Uh, Naranda's the biggest user of energy, and it's all tied together, and it's a good thing that we're not all paying more for a company to get a break on there. Naranda, um, we need them to be strong. We need to have the large <coughs> aluminum smelter in our, <laughs> in our state <laughs> and, and, and all the jobs. It's important. But um, raising the rates on everyone else is not the way to do it. Yeah. Scener, <clears throat> you should have smelt her. <laughs> I'm Chris Whiting, and that was your weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Very good, Chris. Very good. And, uh, wow, I've been talking a lot about, boy, am I okay today? You I started have, out strong, didn't I? You you came out of the gate quickly. So I have a couple other things, but what do you got, what do you got going on there, Chris? What's going on in uh, Independence? You know, there's just a couple of things I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, One, we've started a new study session where once a month, instead of us being on television, having presentations made to us, Mm -hmm. take the television cameras away. It's still an open meeting, so any residents, citizens can come, but we have open discussion, dialogue, if you will, Hmm. amongst the council members. And this Monday, August 25th, we're going to have, it will be our second uh, reformed uh, reform study session, and we're going to be focusing on power and light. So going back to the last story that you just read, yeah. Independence has its own utility, mm-hmm. and we are going to talk specifically about our uh, power and light fund balance. We've our utilities done well, and we we have a large reserve fund, and so there are some questions on council: Is the fund too big? Are we keeping too much money? And so we're going to discuss that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Look at what expenses Power and Light is projecting and how much money do they need to have back. Is it too much? It's it's a question of public trust. We've had the Sierra Club and a lot of concerned citizens talking to us about all aspects of power, from the enterprise fund balance to are we doing enough to encourage people to go to alternate renewable sources of energy. So we will 
uh, it should be an interesting discussion, and I imagine there will be a large crowd there. And then we'll also talk about the future plans for the Missouri City power plant, smaller power plant that we own that's going to be decommissioned mm-hmm. at uh, a sizable expense. Well, that's going to be quite a study session. It's going to be quite a study session, yeah. I may I mean, be there for is, the long haul. That is kind of it's a very complicated. A lot of cities don't have to deal with utility mm-hmm. issues. But it's could very possibly be a good thing for the city. What am I trying to say here? It's it's an opportunity for the city to be different and add some extra value by running that utility. Right. And I got an email the other day from a citizen who said, hey, I compared my electric rates with Independence Power and Light to Kansas City Power and Light. And Kansas City Power and Light is less. We buy most of our energy from Kansas City Power and Light. Why don't we just shut down our plants and just buy Mm -hmm. from them? Which, I mean, that's certainly an option. But we're unique in having our own utility so that should there be some horrible... uh, atrocity happen and power is gone we can produce at least some of our own is power. that true is that a was that a business or a residential that was that was a residential hmm so but you have a backup we have a backup mm-hmm. we have a backup we, a we can thing. produce and we do well, produce about 10 percent of our own power wouldn't that currently. be a cut to jobs if you it certainly it would be a big cut that? it would be I've a always, big cut to i've jobs. always heard that residential rates um for independence is lower than kcpl but business rates are up well, have you heard that before? Yes. When you do a rate plan, you look at it over a number of years, uh-huh. and so for many years we've been lower than KCPNL, and mm-hmm. now because of maintenance, it has to be done to keep us up up to standards with the EPA regulations and to keep our workers safe. Our rates have gone up. In a few years, it will probably change again, and we'll be lower, and KCPNL will be higher. It's it's a cyclical. So you're going to dive down to make sure that we have the right power, yeah, the lowest ma- rates possible. Absolutely. And and again, make sure that it's transparent to the citizens so they know what's going on because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's it's their utility. So Sounds like a fun study session. It's going to be very interesting. And I'll just say I think Independence Power and Light does a fantastic job. They are big well, they're a big employer for the city, which is great. They do a great job providing power. And whenever power goes down, independence always, during storms or whatever, we get our power back quicker mm. than anybody else in the mm. metro area consistently. So cool. Good service. Yeah, they provide wonderful service. So they do a great job. And there's no reason we can't be open and honest to make citizens feel secure that they know what's happening with right. their with their utility. So there you Good go. Good update. I yeah. look forward to hearing what you guys learned. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what do you have, Courtney? Um, well, we've got quite a few Senate events that are coming up um, during veto session. Sounds we will, fun. Yeah. So there's quite a few events that have now, been going the, on. When the veto session is September 10th, right? It is, yeah. And it's the summer veto. It is the summer veto. And yeah, I, it is. I keep telling our listener that I'm going to go through all the vetoes. We'll have to do that at some point. Yeah, because there's quite a few. And, and so he he's wants to hear. Well, do you, wow. are there any, um, is he sure? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, have there been any like preliminaries as to which bills will come up or anything? Yeah. The, the, the way the process basically is, is that the bill has to originate in whatever body it started. Mm -hmm. And that, that is all determined 
on the floor leader. So the Senate floor leader and the House floor leader will have a tremendous amount of what stuff will be brought up mm -hmm. and what. Um, so I've talked to some some um, other senators, and they're all over the place. Um, one senator said, "Well, you know, we shouldn't be trying to override everything. It's it, Mm -hmm. That's how the process works. Then I have another one saying, no, let's override everything. Oh, wow. And there's 33 vetoes, not to mention the different ones in the budget. So there's going to be a lot of different options. Yeah. And it really is going to be for the floor leader to decide. And, I'm, you know, I know what the floor leader, he'll caucus with the majority and they'll decide what they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it will be interesting because it's not going to be, um, I think, on either the House or the Senate, a straight party thing. It's mm -hmm. going to be... Because the issues are all over the place. Sure. Um, well, and it's interesting, too, because a lot of those tax bills that were vetoed, mm -hmm. um, you know, they contained individual components within each one. Right. Sometimes there are, you know, listed multiple right. um, changes to tax code, which affects different audiences. Mm -hmm. So that's why I would think you would have that, um, you know, you would often have people not right. doing party line votes, right. you know, right. because they're interested in that. But right, going right along with tax cuts uh the jobs uh report came out on oh, monday okay, okay? Cool. yeah All this right. is yeah i know this okay. is interesting stuff and um governor brownback the tax cuts that he of made kansas. that he made yes of kansas um are showing that they are not producing a lot of new employment imagine that now hold on what the <laughs> yes yes and um while missouri is up you know and has a we have a prettier picture than what kansas does um, as you know, Senator Lavota, because you are a strong voice for this, um, when it came up in the Senate, when the, the Republicans chose to do the same type of tax cuts for the wealthy uh, here in our state, it mirrors that of what uh, Brownback had done as well. So now we see that their job reports are going down, you know, based upon the tax cuts that he made. And now we've mm -hmm. done the same thing. So I can only expect and I hope that that's not the case, but that next year or in the next year or so, we're going to start seeing the same things happening here in Missouri, the, just like you warned. I mean, that's the thing that, that I'm worried about. The override of Senate Bill 509 that happened during session, um, it's very similar to Kansas. Mm -hmm. um, and we see the disparity where it's a big tax cut for the wealthy in Missouri and not for right. um, the middle class and the, and, um, the poor. And it's going to hurt our revenues our capacity to build roads, which we already agree, we all know that we have the need, and then for schools as well. So it's it's going to be a challenging next couple of years because of that type of radical tax policy. Absolutely. Welcome. We're doing a we're doing our, our program, and uh, one of my constituents just walked in, um, St Steve Lavota, my twin brother. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Hey, Steve. You? Welcome to Dialogue. We're talking about the importance of education. And uh, how important that is all the way around. Do you have anything to add to the... Stay in school. Do you want to say anything to to the listener? Sage words of advice. You made fun of Sam yet. No, no. Yeah, there was word that Sam got made fun of last week. I don't think it's true. I think true. his feelings got hurt, but I don't remember when he got made fun of or who I think did it. it. I, it probably was Courtney. If well, you think about it, it probably was her fault. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for dropping by. I'm surprised by. they knew my name. Oh, the call. Yeah. Give us a call. At eight six seven five three zero nine, so <laughs> that was. Hey, we had our first in studio guest. Yeah, that was That's exciting. Fun. Yeah, that was exciting. Uh, but you know, we don't, we don't edit anyway. 
No. So, so the, I'm It'll glad you brought that up because we're going down the same road as Kansas. Now, I have a couple things that I wanted to bring up. First, <clears throat> this is from the Missourian. And you'll know where I'm going with this, Councilman. Oh, uh, okay. American justice is supposed to be blind, but it is rarely swift. It can be frustratingly slow. Just ask those who are in the front lines of the war on drugs in Franklin County. When a law enforcement official arrests someone suspected of possessing drugs, it can take as long as a year before they ever engage with a crime. Uh, I know where we're headed with this. That's one. because the suspected drugs have been sent to analyze at the Missouri Highway Patrol Laboratory in Jefferson City before local prosecutors will issue charges. Franklin County judge insists on the actual lab results in the preliminary hearings. The state crime lab is backed up, and budget cuts have only exasperated the delays. It takes some time to commit the, the seized contraband is really an illegal drug. So it goes on to criticize the fact that um, uh, obtaining tests um, take a long time because we don't have the proper crime labs. This will... This reinforces something I worked on this session to add money into our state budget to have the highway patrol take six of their officers or patrolmen, I think is the right word, station them in the Independence Crime Lab, take over that crime lab, and have another highway patrol crime lab in the state for the small cost, believe it or not, in the scheme of a $25 billion budget of $1.3 million. But that was vetoed. That was vetoed. We were very disappointed with that. Why was it vetoed? Governor wasn't for it in the first place, and his responsibility to keep the the, the money when you have these tax cut, irresponsible tax policy. Mm-hmm. So um, his um, overall veto on this was, was a belief that these tax policies are so bad, we can't afford new things. Well, we need to be able to afford new things like the administration of justice. And it happens in Franklin County because of the backlog. We need to have that happen in Independence so there's not going to be more of a backlog. Yes, we do. And I'm going to keep fighting for that money, Uh, try to find it, try to fight for fair tax policy. And um, so we have the money and then fight to make sure that we are spending it on things that are important like this. um, Well, and you know if you need help at the city level, please – Please engage me. Sure. I mean, the city the city's been very clear their cooperation with the Highway Patrol and their their I mean, the City of Independence has operated a crime lab for the whole region. Right. You know, and you know, you don't do it for free. There's fees and everything, but um it, it's a service to the area that I think the Highway Patrol should take over and um that was my st- First, try to do that this session, first step, and so I'm not going to give up on that because yeah. this is just another part of the state that says the same thing. Yeah, and I guess it should be said, I mean, you alluded to it, it wasn't just independents who was excited about this. Uh, the police chiefs in all of the metro cities That's were right. all excited and ready to have a press conference because mm-hmm. we, we were ready to roll with this, mm-hmm. and it was going to be fantastic for the area, Yeah, and hopefully it will be. Yeah. So... um I have one other thing as we uh, are getting into our 35th minute here. Did you have anything? No. Okay. I want to put the great minds together on this one. Oh, boy. Okay. Let me go get them? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Steve just walked down, I guess. (laughs) Um, 
What? Okay. This is trying to motivate you. So, what has been in the news the last couple weeks? The two different things. Ferguson, Missouri. Ferguson, Missouri. Okay. I got that one. And? Courtney? The stuff that's going on in Iraq? Nope. Something even more. Something even more visible. The Royals. No. You're getting close, though. Okay. School started. No. Ice bucket challenge. Oh, Ice bucket got it. challenge. Got it. Oh no. Ice bucket challenge. Boom. Oh man. Okay. So here's the thought. Mm-hmm. The ice bucket challenge has shown the positive power of peer pressure. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so you have everyone calling everyone else out. You have former President Bush does it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're calling people out, and they're proudly pouring cold water on their head to help a good cause. Are they? Meanwhile. <laughs> You s- meanwhile, you're as sick of it as I am. Meanwhile, I didn't hey, no, challenge and didn't you do two, it. you two, follow me, okay? What? Meanwhile, we have protests in the street of disengaged people. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Why can't we use the power of of positive um, peer pressure to get people engaged? <laughs> right. Yeah. So well, this is what I'm bringing to you rock guys. Rock the vote, maybe. How do we do that? Like I challenge you to the political engagement challenge where you have to produce your voter ID card or um, you have to show it on social media that you're registered to vote or you have to contribute to a candidate or you have to help a cause. See where I'm getting at? Yeah, but you don't want me to answer this. But the thing is not as funny as someone with the water on their head. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you bring exactly. the gimmick into it. Maybe it is maybe it is a rock the vote kind of thing, but you register to vote and and you dump stroganoff on yourself or some some well, no, gimmicky I see what I see what you're saying there there's definitely like a need for it mm-hmm. you know people are disenchanted right now with our political system and often we try to gear them to the polls by using anger right because that's a right. motivator mm-hmm. but I see what you're saying maybe do a little bit more of a positive twist on yeah. it well yeah I so mean that- ideally the thing would be I challenge Courtney and Chris to hopscotch to the polls <laughs> to get on social media and show everyone that they're registered to vote or they have to put um water on their head and then you would do people and then on and on and on yeah because also this thing started where um the challenge was you give money or you pour water on your head well now it's just i pour water on my head yeah and give a little bit of money i think some people are doing that I, yeah I some people give the money i mean people right? are giving money and pouring but then there's other people that aren't my yeah, came home the other night. My daughter's like, I got wet clothes in the laundry room. Why? Well, I did the ice bucket challenge. I'm like, really? Did you give money? What? What do you mean, give money, Dad? Right. Like, they just, just no clue. It to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just everybody's so, doing so it. So it's gotten to a point now where it's gotten to those who don't even really know what it's about. But right. It's just a cool thing to do. Yeah. So they're doing it. Yeah. 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 So how do we make political okay. engagement the cool thing to do? And the calling, the calling we out. We have cool leaders like you. The calling out is important. <laughs> well, I get on social media and say, "Hey, I challenge these people to do this," but I don't know what I would need them to do. Mm-hmm. They have to do something humiliating and fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So, I don't know. Noodles. I don't know. Blow some bubbles. I, I don't know. And you can't pour anything else because milk no. or soda is gross. It's gross. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Put a. Hot scalding water, <laughs> chili. Jello takes too long. Chili, the chili challenge. Um, Jello. 
I know they have to catch a marshmallow in their mouth. And you have to throw it until the video is until they can actually catch one in their mouth. Oh, how about this? They have to put them if they don't if they don't prove that they're an engaged citizen <laughs> by having their voter ID card, they have to recite That's humiliation they in have, itself. They have to recite the Pledge Ooh. of Allegiance with marshmallows in their mouth. Or maybe sing the Star Spangled Banner. With a marshmallow in there. Yeah. Okay. Sing the Star Spangled the first thing of the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. That would be humiliating. Yeah. That's hard enough to sing by and itself. Then people would, let alone with a mouthful Now, would of that mellows. be disrespectful to our national song? Oh, they'll well, say it. Yes. You know what? Then we'll say America. The, we'll say America the Beautiful. I don't know. How about I mean, that? America the Beautiful. They're they end already... it with Home of the Chiefs every time you go to a Chiefs game. I Heck, yeah, we do. They're I don't think already going to be disrespectful. Don't you think they're going to be offended by the fact that we're asking them to put marshmallows in their mouth and then sing on well, the national well, he, anthem? How about this? How about how about you don't do the marshmallows? If you don't do it, you have to sing America the Beautiful in front of on, in social media. Yes. You have to sing it. You have to sing it because yeah. people will be humiliated by that. That's right. It should be. Right. Unless they're excellent singers. <laughs> well, that's the thing. People I will want to do good. it. People will want to mm-hmm. do it. They'll, Look, I'm a good singer. Yeah. And, and then we can provide the links so that they can get registered mm-hmm. online. So, hey, if you want to get out of singing, you have 24 hours to register to vote. And then they have to prove it. Like they can print it out or whatever. Show yeah. Because you can register online, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Or Yeah. You, yeah. Okay, so – I'm going to work on this. Awesome. Okay. I need help with a video script. If you know anyone okay. who can help write a video this. script. And I need help with videotaping it. And I'll start it. I'll do the ice bucket challenge. And then I'll announce it after that. I'll say, here's the new well, thing. Here's what I was thinking, okay? I'll do it. Okay. But I'll challenge you. Okay. And I'll challenge you. Okay. And then we'll do it. Okay. Do you guys have other so people? So what, what is it, though? What is it that, to produce your voter ID card or... To recite all your local and state representatives, or I, no, you what, have to show that you're registered to vote. I yeah. think we should try you have to and show that you're people. registered to vote. Okay, or, or you have to sing "America the Beautiful." Okay, in social media, and I challenge you to be a real to be a real citizen. It's called the Citizen Challenge. Do we have like a shorter song? Maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll do the first. I'll I'll sing it. I'll do it. I'll get on the sing and look like, silly. Yeah, and I will too. I don't yeah. care. Are right. you doing "America the Beautiful" or the "Star Spangled Banner"? I think America Beautiful because otherwise they're going to go, that's our national anthem and you're okay. making fun of it. Well, what if we did Yankee Doodle went to town? <gasps> Even better. Yeah. Even better. That's Everybody a silly knows song. It. And it's that's silly, a silly anyway. Song. And yeah. And then people okay. hopefully won't be offended. I was born on the 4th this, of July. Okay. They called me Doodle growing up. This is the Yankee, the Yankee Doodle Challenge. The, the Yankee, Yankee Doodle, Doodle Challenge. challenge. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Okay. I'm down. Okay. You have to do it first and then challenge me. I'll challenge Chris. All right, this is going to go viral. Look, look, Holy how, cow. look how we well, figured Do we have other out. people to do it that you think would do it? No, uh, it's going to fail. <laughs> this <laughs> well, is going to flop. <laughs> I mean, if nobody, if, after no, 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 Courtney no. challenges me. If you, know you, and, I, if you and I do it, Chris, it will. somebody will see it. I'll put it on Twitter and some news guy will think, look at the silly thing he's doing. Look at the Yankee Doodle Challenge. Yeah. Right. It'll be uh, some good news as opposed to some of the yeah. other news we've been mm-hmm. getting out of our state. Okay, lately. good. The Yankee Doodle. Ch- you heard it first. Sam, you heard it first? Sam, you there? Wow. And so. I love you, Sam. Sam's on social media, too. He can be challenged. Yeah. Oh, he's, a lovely, he's a lovely singer. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I'll tell you, he can rock the Ave Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hear it. Okay, good. I'm excited about this. I'm actually going to work on this, guys, and I need your help with it. So what else have we got going on? What else do you have? Any events coming up, Chris, as we wrap this this thing up? 
I'll just mention that uh, Santa Caligon Days will be happening in Independence over Labor Day weekend, as it has every year for the last uh, years, and uh, urge everybody to come out and enjoy themselves. Are, are uh, the Democrats going to have a booth out there this year? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and by the way, congratulations as a new member of the Jackson County Democrat Committee. Yes, I was thrilled to have uh, won that election. And we had our meeting Tuesday. Yep. Yep, and I'm and Tom Worsh is our chairman again. Yeah, and I'm happy to be the chair of the 21st uh, representative district. Yeah, that's great. So, yay for me. Now, I, I also understand there may be a siding, a uh, dialogue uh, program siding at the Labor Day parade. You know, I have heard tell, yes, mm-hmm. that uh, at least two of the hosts yeah. from this very show are going to be in the Labor Day parade. Yes, that's true. There should be three. Is there, is there going to be a third oh, in, in the parade? Oh, I was counting myself. Oh, okay. Three. Aren't we There's all three. going to be? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. That might be a good place to um, actually videotape somebody doing the Yankee Doodle Challenge. Yeah, we should know. get several. That may, yeah. that if they aren't out. carrying. Yeah, we could even like, oh, you're not carrying your voter registration card? Yeah. Well, I guess you have to do the Yankee Doodle That's Challenge. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> then doodle it up, dude. Okay, what else? I'll it's... bring registration cards to the parade. I've got some. Perfect. Is Great. there anything else that... Um, no, that's all. It's a great show. I just... that We've had a really good show. That's all I have to say. I think the Yankee Doodle Challenge is going to... I'm excited. Turn this thing around. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the next Macarena. It's going <laughs> to save the world. Anything else, Chris? Nothing for me. I'd just like to say that I think we've done great, as always. 